the fear of injury, the alert state that the body's in means that it doesn't matter what you do, it's going to hurt. Mm. And that's a real experience. But is it actual tissue damage? Well, possibly not. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% saving for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for face-to-face learning, network members also save on standard rates for Filex, the fitness industry convention. In this episode, physiotherapist and kinesiotaping instructor Twee Bridges chats with the fitness industry industry podcasts Bell Fong about personal trainers performing orthopedic tests on clients, why back pain is an ever-growing issue for Australians, how the internal organs can affect the musculoskeletal system and cause back discomfort, and the complexity of pain. Okay, Twee, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Belle. So first off, why do so many of us and our PT training clients suffer from back pain? Well, we suffer from back pain because we use our backs a lot. It's fundamentally in the centre of our body, and so all the dynamics of motion itself will run through the back. But inherently, we see it a lot because 90% of the adult population will experience back pain at some point in our lives. And the really interesting thing is statistically, since 1990, the disability from back pain has increased by 50%. So we're more so going to see it now and in the future, and particularly because we've got an ageing population and a population that's becoming more obese. And so that's really going to, to mean that as professionals working with people who want to get fit, it's going to be a concern and something that we're all going to have to deal with. The other thing too to keep in mind too is that just within Australia, it's going to be a big industry. We spend $4.8 billion a year looking after our backs and around 25% of Australians will have had back pain on any given day and then 50% of us will have had back pain in the last month. So that's huge and it has huge implications on what we need to be aware of as trainers. Awesome. So would you say back pain is the most common injury slash pain you encounter with your physio patients? Without a doubt. In terms of a person's experience, it represents in terms of admissions, about 90% of admissions into primary care. Now, from my experience, most of your clients when they have back pain will be coming into a physiotherapist. But from a personal training perspective, most people will need to train with back pain. So of course, it's very important. So I often hear physios like your good self talk about referred pain. Can you just give us a bit of a rundown about what that is? So the idea of referred pain is to really separate symptoms from symptoms in the back from where they actually come from. So for instance, if you have a disc problem, inherently we understand that the disc might be bulging and might be pressing on the nerve and that gives us pain. But the real question in terms of rehabilitation is not to say that it's just bulging. The real question is why does that one segment bulge? Mm. Why did it break down more so than the other parts of the body? Inherently, if we move evenly through our joints and smoothly, there really shouldn't be one area that wears down. So Inherently, our training pattern is wrong, our postures are wrong. Something's not right in the the chain of events that leads to this one area breaking down. So that's when we get referred pain. It's really about 
understanding, not just from a symptomatic point of view, but once we think it's just symptom management, all we do is pain relief. But when we look for a driving force and we segregate a symptomatic diagnosis from, we separate it from a driver's diagnosis. A driver's diagnosis causes symptoms and that might be quite remote. So for instance, you know, if I can't turn my, I don't have any movement in my shoulder and I want to then play tennis, for instance, and I can't swing my shoulder, well, to get the range that I need, I might then force myself to rotate through the back, the hip or somewhere else. And so the pain is actually coming from somewhere else. The the problem is the shoulder, the compensation is the back or the hip or wherever it might be. So that's referred from somewhere else in a sense of finding a driver. And of course, you've got the medical referred diagnosis where disbulge might refer pain down the leg. And that's a more obvious referral process where a nerve is irritated in the spine and everywhere the nerve supplies its the body in terms of the symptoms and muscle strength and whatnot, that then gets affected. And that's more of a direct link. Oftentimes as therapists, the reason why most of our patients are classified into this group called non-specific low back pain, it's because they, they don't have something that's easy to find. And the trick of being a great therapist and a great trainer is really identifying where those deficits are and, and training that. It wouldn't make sense to just train the back of that person who had the shoulder problem because it would be much more useful to encourage their range of motion in the shoulder and also obviously protect the back. But you'd get a much better result from doing the shoulder and the back than just rehabilitating the back because the back was sore. Okay, got it. Do you think PTs can benefit from learning a bit about, I guess, physio and assessment techniques, even if they won't actually practice it themselves? Because, you know, it goes beyond scope of practice. So, you know, would it help help them to know when to refer to a physio? Yeah, that's the whole point of having, you know, a a discussion and a, a communication lines between physios and other health practitioners with the fitness industry. There are things that we do that inherently trainers will inadvertently do in their training. And so it's good to know for a trainer when what they're doing is actually very similar to an orthopedic test and what that might mean for their training. So for instance, you know, I, we do a straight leg raise test in physiotherapy and that indicates whether there's a nerve or a central source disc involvement. Now, as soon as a client takes their leg up into air to do, into the air to do abdominal crunches and their legs are swinging in the air, when the legs are straight, that's actually replicating in, in, at times a straight leg raise and that could actually be provoking nerve problems. So if a patient complains that their back hurts, well, then the savvy personal trainer says, hang on, that's that, I've heard of that before and that's similar to the straight leg raise. So I've got to p- take a bit more note and maybe think about whether I'm irritating a nerve here as mm-hmm. well. So a lot of it is about understanding what orthopedic tests are out there and then really sort of seeing how that fits into a training perspective. Do we get our patients into these positions that are otherwise provocative? And if they are provoked, well, what does that mean to the, the training schedule and, and what do we need to modify things by? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And what would you say would be the best way for PTs to go about building uh, reciprocal relationships with physios where they refer their clients to each other, etc.? Well, that's something that we're working on at PhysioWise. We're looking to put together a program for forensic therapists and trainers. It's really having a discussion where we find trainers who are trained up in understanding that problems aren't necessarily coming from where the pain is and symptoms are, and then having them understand that there are certain points where we will say, you know, if this tests positive, you need to have a therapist involved. But also 
once we decide that it's the shoulder driving the back problem, then the real training is actually in the shoulder and not necessarily Mm. primarily Mm. focused on the back. So it's that discussion that we want to have, but we want to get a whole pool of people trained up so that we know we've got clearly outlined parameters of when a therapist should be involved and then also uh, guidelines as to what's safe training for these conditions. When it's a shoulder, what do you do? What do you have to think about in terms of the back? And when it's a knee coming from the hip, how does that differ in terms of what you need to focus on? And, you know, for instance, if it's from the foot and you have back pain, should you be thinking about the back or really are you thinking about the foot and the primary focus is on the foot? Of course, you know, clients these days, they've got so many things to think about, good posture, breathing, core and all that sort of good stuff. But when there's so many things to think about, sometimes they forget. And so part of it is really getting them to focus on the things that actually count in their particular body. And it becomes very individualised. So I think the future will be between we'll have a lot of discussion and understanding between various practitioners and working really as a team. Certainly in our practice, we network with quite a few personal trainers. We have referrals from the trainers. We invite the trainers to come in with their clients so they understand what the assessment process Mm -hmm. is with the physiotherapist once we've made a diagnosis and we make a symptomatic diagnosis as well as a driver's diagnosis. And then we write back to the trainer if they haven't attended and we let them know what what needs to be done. And I think the more clear we are about that communication, it's a win-win then for the client. We have clients who are super excited when their trainer comes to a physio session with them because, you know, everyone gains from that experience. I don't need to hope that the trainer does the right thing. The trainer doesn't need to figure out from the patient whether their interpretation of the events of the assessment were correct. And then the patient has the physio and and the personal trainer there and so he doesn't have to translate anything so it's a win-win yeah great so you're also a published author can you tell us a little bit about the the book that you've written or books if there's more than one so I've written a couple of books but the latest one is length strength and kinesio tape and that's published by Elsevier International or sorry Elsevier Australia in uh, relationship with the national com- international company so the idea with that one is really getting down to back back to basics in terms of understanding muscles getting through your surface anatomy basic length and strength movement and dysfunction itself is all about coordinating coordinating muscles and controlling joints. So once we decide, say for instance in that scenario I had with the shoulder aggravating a back, I do an assessment based on the length and strength protocol on the back and it's in the book. It's a step-by-step. Every muscle has a test that you can do and we tend to get a cluster of tests to form an opinion rather than one test tells us everything. The more tests that lead us to the same conclusion, the more robust our conclusion can be. So with that, we have testing around the back. And so a patient coming in might be testing around the back, but we might find that the testing there is not significant enough to reflect their actual problem. So the book itself then teaches us how to also then test the shoulder. And with that knowledge, what we do is we treat the shoulder, but look for a change in the back. And that's the really exciting things. It's a really step-by-step program in terms of how to really analyse from a, you know, even a layperson's perspective. It's all fully pictured and, and step-by-step instructions. And so the idea is that anyone can pick that up, book up, and really problem-solve their own body, really figure out, is it is my knee problem actually a VMO problem or is it my hip or is it my ankle? And, and then I can test it. I can mm-hmm. see whether that's the problem or not. And there's interventions to go with mm-hmm. that as well in okay. the book. What are your thoughts on personal trainers doing orthopaedic testing? Look, I am 
You know, we seek knowledge. And so at the end of the day, personal trainers, anyone's going to seek more knowledge. We want to give our clients the best experience possible. If we're going to go do it, I think it's wise to do it well and be instructed on how to do it properly. And, you know, the University of YouTube isn't necessarily the best place to go for, for that. I think if you know an orthopaedic test and it's positive, it's wise to then confirm. This is where our connections are made with professionals that are actually qualified to make that diagnosis and then refer on to confirm. It would be unwise to make a client scared when you don't really know the details of it. And and this is why it isn't necessarily taught mm-hmm. everywhere, because there's a certain amount of things that we need to be aware of in terms of fear, what the implications are, and we don't want to jump to conclusions when we don't know the ins and outs of the orthopedic mm-hmm. testing. But to be fair, people are just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I would prefer that people do it well, people do it with caution, and people know there's a limit to their scope of practice. And yes, this orthopedic test, this test that I've done mimics an orthopedic test. I think it would be wise for me to cover my medical legal Mm. butt Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then refer on. Mm. And that's the safe way to go about it. Keep in mind, orthopedic tests are provocative. And that's why they remain in the orthopedic realm. If you do an orthopedic test and you stir someone up, Mm. that's where the, the problems arise. But if you inadvertently do something very similar to an orthopaedic test within a training session and you have no clue Mm -hmm. that you almost did one, well, that's unwise Mm -hmm. too. So there's got to be a middle ground of understanding and awareness that we need Mm -hmm. to have. And would you say are there any, I guess, misconceptions of, I guess, when people think about lower back pain and say, you know, a personal trainer has a client that has lower back pain and for whatever reason they haven't been able to help them with it. I guess, you know, if a personal trainer came to you and obviously there could be a myriad of of reasons why, you know, they've got lower back pain, but are there any kind of misconceptions that I guess that trainers think before they come to mm-hmm. you and about lower back pain? Sure. We ha- have it all the time. You know, we, we get a whole myriad of new things that come out. So the flavour of the day is the fascia or it's, you know, it's core stability. And so a lot of times a trainer will say, I think, you know, you've got back pain. I think it's coming from your pelvis. And it's great at the time that the trainer might have seen the pelvis do something a bit funny. But when it comes down to it, I you know, all therapists work fairly independently because it becomes more robust when we come to a conclusion about where a back pain's coming from or where any pain's coming from, for that matter. So I always do an independent assessment. And even though the client might say, you know, my, ther- my trainer told me my back was coming, pain was coming from my pelvis, I'll still test the whole body to make sure that it really is coming from the pelvis. And, and you do a lot to then change the misconception if it doesn't actually come from the pelvis. I might be educating on the client on how it possibly is coming from the thorax instead, but how that might also highlight itself in the pelvis. Mm-hmm. There's a level of professional courtesy here. There's certainly, you know, when someone's gone to the trouble of really trying to figure it out, you know, and they think it's from the pelvis, there, there must be some evidence to highlight that to them. In my experience, though, if it isn't, I'm not going to pretend that it is. So so we always do a thorough assessment independently. And then we'll also obviously look at the information that the client comes in with or the personal trainer comes in with as well and then take all that information on board. Remember, it's a cluster of tests, including my testing, but as well as information from the client in terms of their experience and the the trainer. I mean, one of the clear examples is back pain that could be coming from your kidneys. Now, Mm. 
the patient might say they have pain in their back and it's vague and they get really, really tired. Now, that's characteristic of kidney-related problems. They might get tired in the mid-afternoon, but a lot of people don't know that. Mm. Manifests itself in a personal training situation because the kidneys sit on top of the hip flexors and Mm. so as the kidney drops down, it's going to weigh on certain structures and affect your hip flexor function. And, of course, hip flexor function then affects the back. Mm. And so... You know, the client doesn't know they might have a kidney mitosis, which is a dropping down of the kidney. The trainer might think it's, oh, it's a hip-related mm. thing. And so it comes back to us to really know the relationship with everything. And then we take a whole history, so physical history, emotional history, mm. and also organ history in terms of, well, you know, how well have you been feeling Do you have stomach irritations? I think the future of therapy, we're going to find that a lot of back pains actually come and originate from the organs as well. Some of them that we don't understand Mm -hmm. are actually coming from organ structures, visceral structures that are creating havoc on the muscle, musculoskeletal Mm -hmm. system around it. So I think it's a really exciting area to be in and we're going to learn a lot. And I guess for in terms of the clients that you see that come to you with lower back pain, what would you say, I guess, if you could give a rough estimate on how, what's the percentage of that pain actually coming from their back versus pain coming from somewhere else? Well, pain, in fact, if we're going to argue where it comes from, it actually comes from the brain. <laughs> so your pain experience is actually produced by the brain in its interpretation of events. So the stimulus comes into the back and the brain then goes on, you know, threat mode. The pain is proportioned to the threat experience that the brain perceives there to be. So whether it's coming from the back, it's coming from somewhere else, it's still a real experience. Mm. It's always a real experience for the person living through it. Mm. It might be a mismatch of experience. So you might have what we call central sensitization, where, you know, the fear of injury, the alert state that the body's in means that it doesn't matter what you do, it's going to hurt. And that's a real experience. But is it actual tissue damage? Well, possibly not. That experience is coming from the brain. In fact, some of the most serious back conditions actually don't have any pain. Mm. So you could have a cancer in the spine, a tumour in the spine, and have no back pain Mm. for a really, Mm. really long time until it's quite severe. So then again, that history is really important. There's a lot of things that come with that tumour that you've got to look out for and be aware of. Otherwise, you're training through it and you might be missing out something. But it's always a real experience in terms of the pain. The pain itself is produced by the brain. The pain is going to be in the back. But the pain findings don't necessarily correlate to any of your imaging. You know, they say that the vast majority of imaging, your CTs, your MRIs and X-rays, are false positive. And what that means is you're going to have an image that says you've got a disc bolt. It doesn't mean you've actually got back pain. Mm. And sometimes people grab onto these images and say, oh, that's my problem. But, you know, there are plenty of Olympic-level athletes who have multiple disc bulges and actually have no pain. Mm. So pain itself is very complex. Sometimes it does come from the structures where the pain is located. That tends to happen when there's an acute injury, some trauma event that's happened. That's pretty obvious Mm -hmm. to explain. But typically when you hear the history of someone and they develop pain, wherever it may be in their body over time, there's usually something that's led to that area breaking Mm. down. And so that's usually a symptom and not necessarily the cause that we're witnessing there in terms of that pain experience. And so those histories, those people who come with that history, they're the ones that I'm looking for. You know, I think this area is broken down, but I think something else is going on. And I relate that to them in terms of, you know, if you were going to some sporting event and the turnstiles weren't working 
and one of them wasn't working but the others were, you'd notice that the other ones were really, you know, really full of people. Now, you can make the other ones faster and more efficient or you can get that broken turnstile working again. And that's what we're really doing with that. You can feel symptoms very remotely from where a problem actually is. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, if listeners want to find out more about you and your work, where's the best place to find you? Well, at the moment, I'm doing a lot of courses on kinesiotaping.com.au, but I work at physiowise.com.au and in um, North Oatlands and North Parramatta Way and Macquarie Shopping Centre. So you can come visit me there or um, check out the website, physiowise.com.au and or kinesiotaping.com.au. Cool. All right, Tui, thanks for chatting to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks. Cheers. For a huge range of online courses for fitness professionals, including the in-depth corrective exercise trainer course, fully accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, go to the network website and select the courses tab. The corrective exercise trainer specialization includes comprehensive modules on structural assessment, muscles and movement, fundamentals of corrective exercise and corrective exercise program design. And network members get massive discounts of up to 30% off all courses. Go to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career.